Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Erica Anderson on why women are leaving the church and inviting them to return. Um, Now, they are not going for a lot of different reasons. Single moms, of course, overwhelmed. It's hard to get kids to church, like going without a partner. Also, they often feel excluded and like they don't fit in. And then single women um, also in a different way feel somewhat like they don't have a place or belonging. And so there's definitely things that churches need to do. Erica Anderson, next. Did you know millions of women have left the Christian church during the past decade? It's not a well-known fact, and today's guest will explain some of the reasons behind it. Therefore, she's written her new book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. Erica is a regular contributor to World and Christianity Today. Her previous book was Leaving Cloud Nine. Erica, tell us why you wrote Reason to Return. I know it took a fair amount of research. Yeah, I actually, um, I'm really on point for this right now because I just sent out an email to my list about the sort of the history behind why I wrote the book and how God really gave me a clear directive on this is the book to write. I had, you know, I had was in the aftermath of my last book, Leaving Cloud Nine, and I knew that there was another book in my future. I, I wasn't quite sure what it was yet, though, and I was doing freelance writing and sort of on this path and Um, I was digging into some data that I found about church attendance, and I had written this piece for the Wall Street Journal, my very first piece for the Wall Street Journal, about how people who attend church are uh, less likely to be depressed and they're less likely to commit suicide. And that one piece of data led me into a whole bunch of other data. Mm. Um, And ultimately, I found some interesting information about what's going on with women and the church specifically. And what I found was really concerning. And it was that women were leaving the church at about double the rate of men um, for the first time in history. Men have not double the rate, sorry, double the um, quickness, like like more men were still leaving, but the rate at which women were speeding up their leaving Mm. um, was like moving way faster than men. So I thought that is very concerning, especially in light of the information I had just found. And I started digging into that. And I was sitting at my kitchen table in this kitchen that <laughs> you can see right now. <laughs> and uh, and I felt like God told me that's the book. That's it. I didn't exactly know what it was, but I had the topic and went from there. In a, as I recall, in your book, you said you were trying to kind of answer some questions for yourself as well. Is that right? I had started going to a new church because we had moved to a new area and um, my pastors were church planters and they were church planting leaders. So they had boot camps and stuff. And I had been going, you know, I've gone to church my whole life. You know, I live in the Midwest, there's lots of churches. And I just kind of was, at first, I thought, why do we need more churches? There are so many mm-hmm. here already. Yeah. It's not necessarily a matter of needing churches. It's more, I thought it was more a matter of like getting people to actually go to those churches. <laughs> um, but I, you know, that was started where I started answering questions and realizing that actually um, new church plants bring in unbelievers and people that haven't been to church in a very long time at much higher rates than established churches. Mm. And I also realized and read that a church that plants a new church out of their established body is more likely to uh, thrive and grow and be healthy and sustainable than a church that never plants a church. And so I realized then that churches are very 
alive. They're, they are like plants. You need to water them. They need to uh, reproduce. And it was a really interesting and fascinating thing that I discovered. And then it sort of just led me on to more research like this. Well, tell us just, just definitionally for somebody listening to this, when they think of the word church, they think of the building on the corner, which we go to church, we go there. But it actually, biblically, it has a, maybe a somewhat of a different meaning. Yes, for sure. Um, of course, when we talk about church, it was it was even a little con- like confusing when I was writing because sometimes I'm talking about there's the universal church, which is just the body of believers as Christians. We're all part of this universal church that we'll all be a part of someday when we get to heaven. But there's also the local church, which is that smaller entity of the body of believers that, you know, sort of that's that's where the church began when you look in Acts 2. It was like this these local bodies. Um, and then there like these smaller local bodies grew out from there all over the area. And that has continued to this day. And so yes, most of the time we meet in a building. So that's why we think of a building when we're talking about church. But ultimately the church is is a gathering of people, a community of people um, that support one another, that um, that meet together regularly to read scripture, to pray, to worship God, to um, to be there for each other, and 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 in doing so, um, you know, God shows up in this amazing way that He really does not show up um, when we're just sort of doing this relationship with Christ one on one because He actually created us to do it in community, and so we're really missing out on something when we're not meeting with the church body. That was a long-winded answer to your question, but <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, your book is Reason to Return: Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women, and you explained a little bit earlier. Your book is all about this: that uh, women are leaving the church twice as fast as men. I think in your book I saw something like 27 million women have left the church, as you would describe it, left a local expression of the church in the past decade. So the big question is, women have always been considered, uh, some would call them the backbone of the church. I mean, there are more women, I've seen the statistics, involved in church and partaking of Christian ministries and so on than men, considerably more. Why are so many leaving? Yeah, well, it's it's certainly not a black and white answer. Um, And you know, you can see it, not, of course, the general population, but you see the results and the effects of this in some of the rise in, like, a lot of mental health problems, a lot of the brokenness in society, like, it's all related. I believe it's all related back to this breakdown of faith and this loss of faith that is related as well to people stopping being part of church bodies. So the reasons women are leaving, there's a lot. One of the main ones is honestly overwhelm and feeling like there's so much going on. There's too much on their plate. They're busy. Their lives are so full that they've sort of pushed this up, this very important thing out. That's one thing. Um, there is also, um, there's a lot of breakdown in society of just faith in general. Like we are becoming a post-Christian society. Um, you see it most in Europe, but people say we're like 20 years behind Europe. And I've heard, I've heard people say that actually COVID made it, <laughs> mm. sped that up, like doubled that, you know, so we're getting closer to this post-Christian um, kind of country. And that also contributes because it's just not like everybody doesn't go to church anymore. It's just not like, if you're going to give up one thing, it's probably going to be like that one morning that you have free because <laughs> yeah. every other day you're busy. Yeah. Um, and we see especially single moms and um, single women. Um, now they are not going for a lot of different reasons. Single moms, of course, overwhelmed. It's hard to get kids to church, like going without a partner. Also, they often feel excluded and like they don't fit in. And then single women, 
um, also in a different way feel somewhat like they don't have a place or belonging. And so there's definitely things that churches need to do um, to sort of better accommodate these demographics. Um, but that's really just one part of the whole story. Well, uh, sticking with the single uh, women uh, that you just described here, and of course they could be single through uh, being widowed, they could be single because they're never married, they could be single because they're divorced. I mean, there's all there's different reasons, but what do, what do you believe the church should be doing uh, to maybe make church more hospitable to these women? Yeah, and, and I think there are a lot of different answers to that. Number one is just being conscious of it. That's why I think this book can be very helpful to ministries, to pastors, to people that are leading churches or leading ministries or leading small groups. Um, because I think sometimes it's just like you're so involved with some of the families that you're not, you're looking past this. Like one thing, I, this is just like kind of an off the wall crazy idea that I had, but I was like, you know, I think in churches, um, especially you can do this much better in smaller churches. Um, if you've got a single member or a, a single woman or a single mom in your congregation, like I really think that church leadership should be going above and beyond to look out for that person and make sure that they have the resources they need, make sure that they, you know, even just things like, you know, moving or like some kind of physical task that needs to be done. Like let's go out of our way to make sure that that person is ha is being cared for or has the support that they need in whatever way that is. Uh, I think that's one thing. I also think um, that smaller churches can better serve some of these people in a lot of ways, at least on a more individual, personalized level. I think it, going to a megachurch, this is not a uh, a take against the megachurch, but sometimes if you don't re get very proactive about being involved in a megachurch, you will easily get overlooked and you will go in and out and never get out of it the purpose of being there in the first place. And so I think all sizes of churches need to be cognizant of this, but I do think it might work better in a smaller church where you can much more so be seen and um, feel like you're part of a family. And what about uh, the overwhelmed, the stressed? COVID is, we like to think it's going far into the past, but it's not that far in the past, and all of the stress that that caused, but just the, the hurry and all of that that is typical of many people, and especially perhaps women or single women, mothers, all of those kind of things. It could make it very easy to say, well, Sunday morning, I think this is just too much to try to fit another thing in. Well, yeah, and I think in in within my book and parts of my book, I really encourage people like this is one of those things that this is not just like a go to church or not. It's like this is this is the big picture of your life. Like what matters? And so I really encourage people to like step back and, and look at the big picture of why they're even thinking about maybe I should go back to church or why are they even thinking about I need to incorporate faith back into my life for myself or my kids. Because it's not just a matter of like adding an activity or not. It's like, why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> why? Right. What is our purpose? What is our foundation? And so, you know, the thought of adding going to church might be overwhelming, but it's like, what if adding that component back into your life and choosing to get rid of something else actually like brings so much more wholeness and fulfillment to your life? Because it's like not about an activity. It's about a lifestyle and who we are on the inside and why we're doing this. I A, a good example for me when I think about this is I was actually an, a marketing coach actually hmm. asked to interview me about my book. She was trying to show an example of how she coaches people about marketing. Anyway, 
So she gets to ask me questions. Well, why are you writing this? And like, what, what do you want women to do? And she keeps digging and she keeps digging. And it was so funny because it wasn't a Christian podcast. It was a, it was literally a marketing podcast. And I was like, well, I guess because I want women to be, you know, happy and fulfilled and, you know, find that joy in their life. She's, but why? And I said, I guess because I ultimately want them to know Jesus so they can spend eternity in heaven, (laughs) you you know, and it's like, what, why does this matter? And so I think when we step back and we really evaluate our lives, that's what you have to do. It's much bigger than just like reading a chapter and thinking about it. Well, now, in your own life, uh, you write, I believe, if I remember this correctly, that you stepped away from church for a period. Is, is that correct? And if so, why and how long and what brought you back? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a long period of time. But what I think is interesting, and I love this, it says it on the back cover, is like, for those that have been physically or spiritually absent from church. So for me... I feel like it was more of a spiritual absence. It was definitely a lot of physical absence. I was like very periodic about it during this sort of time in my life in my 20s. Um, And it was because I was kind of distancing myself from God. I was making some bad choices. And it's really, it's like oil and water when you're like consciously sinning and trying to go to church. It's like, it reminds you of your sin. Yeah. And so I think for a time that was what was happening for me. Um, but I never fully left and I knew at the heart of it that, that that was home and like going to church, being a part of the community, my faith in, in Christ was, was who, who I really was. And so I knew at some point I was going to get back to that. I mean, luckily I did. Of course, we never know what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily think you want to take that chance <laughs> of stepping away and, you know, not not finding that in your life. But um, I, I think it was a slow walk back for me until, you know, I got back to this place where I realized what I was missing. I realized you can't you can't run away from God. You can't be Jonah. You can't you can't live in your sin. You can't be a Christian and live in your sin. Like the Holy Spirit does not let you do that. <laughs> so uh, he used that, and I was very convicted to come back. And you know, and then years down the road, he fa- finds me and gives me this message about church. And you know, maybe maybe it's like God works all things together for the good. Like maybe you know that isn't what he wanted for me, but he took that situation and he made it into something good. Well, as we talk about this and the message in your book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women, there's the well-known phrase, going to church doesn't make you a Christian, just like, you know, going into a garage doesn't make you a car. Right. And that's, you know, one of those very common things that you hear, well, I don't need church to have a relationship with God. It's like, no, I'm very clear to say you don't. You can have a relationship with God in a cave by yourself for sure. Um, But you're not going to have the best relationship with him that you can. You're not going to uh, experience all the goodness and all of the life that he wants you to have here on earth. If you do that, you are not going to know God in in the deeper way that you can, which, which as Christians, we should all want to know. Um, One of the things that sort of has occurred to me through this process of talking about this is that I, I don't remember where this idea exactly came. I might have heard part of it from someone else, but essentially it's this. Um, God is so vast and mysterious and not fully knowable that every single person has this different um, relationship with him. They have they see sort of a different side of him. And so when we come together in community, 
we see part of God, parts of God that we could never see on our own because we only have so much of a vision of him as finite humans. But there's a different part of him revealed, I think, to everybody. So when we come together as the church, it's like it's like he's in 3D in a way that he's mm. not when we're by ourselves. I, I wanted to ask you, and I'm not sure if you, if you brought this up, you might have, Erica, in, in uh, uh, touching on some of the many reasons that this large group, 27 million women have left uh, local churches in the last decade. One is bad experiences or what's become known as church hurt, or maybe unkind, treated unkindly, or just looking out at uh, some church or Christian leadership across the country and seeing uh, you know, terrible things and oh, I, I don't want to be involved with that or whatever the case is. How, what do you say to that where they, there's been a really a bad, a hurtful experience that has kind of said, I, I love God, I'm, I have a relationship with Him, and I have Christian friends, and, and we have fellowship, but in terms of the, you know, the organized institutional church, that's not for me. Well, I think when I first hear that, I think the good news is that what you'll find in the research is that most people are not rejecting God. We don't have a lot of people just like becoming atheists or <laughs> agnostics. That's not, I mean, mm. when it's not, not happening at all, but the numbers don't reveal that people are, you know, totally turning their backs on God himself. Um, and they are recognizing that it's a human failure, which is good. Um, but I think like any other kind of hurt we experience in relationship, whether it's a relationship, whether it's some kind of accident or trauma that has happened to us in the past, like the only healthy thing to do in any of those situations is to work through it mm. and find healing on the other side of it. It's to go to therapy, it's to process, to write, to deal with those emotions. And I think there's definitely a movement out there of people that are saying, well, just walk away because like that was toxic and unsafe and um, you shouldn't have to deal with that. That's not processing through it. That's not what they, what anyone would tell you to do in any other kind of situation. And so I encourage people to like face the reality of what happened, which is whatever it may be, may be awful. Um, but to then take that and say, how would I work through this in any other circumstance? And we know no matter what you're doing in life, like that people are going to disappoint you in any community that you're in, your family, friends, whatever it is, like there is going to be disappointment, including in the church. And it's it, it's going to hurt more in the church because it's connected to God, because you're like, that's not supposed to happen. And it's not supposed to happen. Mm. Um, but I just encourage people to think of it as if it were some other part of their life and how would they deal with that in a healthy way. Also, I heard somebody on a podcast yesterday say, you know, somebody who had dealt with her herself and people would ask her like, why do you keep going back? And she said something like, I would rather be hurt by one or two people in the church in order to be loved by like hundreds of them or like so many of them. Um, because what I think what you'll find is like the vast majority of people are not there to hurt you. Like people that are part of churches, like the volunteers, the pastoral team, like they just want you to be there and they want to love you. And there are some systematic things in there sometimes that are messed up and need to be dealt with. And we need transparency and accountability. And those things have to be dealt with. But most people just want to love you. And so believing that that's true and also believing God when he says, like, this is what I created you for and this is what I want you to be a part of. Please trust me. 
This is a big subject, and uh, she's been interviewed many times. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Rachel Dan Holander. Um, yes. You write about her in your book. She she experienced sexual abuse herself. She was part of that gymnastics uh, large team of uh, young women who was sexually abused. The church uh, was not terribly supportive of her early on, and she felt yeah. obviously there was a sense of betrayal. So. Talk about how she dealt with that, how she processed that. Yeah, I interviewed her on my podcast a few years ago, and I asked her about this because I just, you know, sometimes people see this, like she was abused as a kid, and then later on it happened again. I mean, like horrible stuff. And most people would say, like, why are you going back? Why don't you just leave? Mm -hmm. And I've heard people ask that before, like, why are you fighting for this? And she was just like, I don't put my trust in man. I put my trust in Jesus. And like, he has called us together in this way. And like, there is a bigger purpose to what we're doing here. It's not all about us and what we want. And it's about like making him great. And we don't, and she didn't say this, I'm saying this, but like, we don't make him great by walking away from what he called us to. Yeah. Essentially, I think, you know, she was just saying like, the church is the bride of Christ and he loves the church as imperfect as it is. And like, as much as that has hurt me, like I'm going to fight for that because I love him. And, um, you know, I will just caveat that and say, uh, if you've been hurt, you're in this kind of situation. I don't think that you have to run back to the church and like be volunteering and going every Sunday. Like, I think we need time to process and heal and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with taking a break and figuring it out. Um, with the intention of hopefully joining again, but not putting like that pressure and expectation on yourself to do anything right away. So I do want to offer that freedom as well. Like, like take the time away, figure out where God wants you to go and find that place of safety that he's setting up for you. Well, the book is Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. My guest is the author, Erica Anderson. She also writes regularly uh, for Christianity Today and World Magazine, and you, uh, you've you been make, making the, the, the case, Erica, of, of the need for uh, a community of trying to share that with women and invite them uh, in, those perhaps that have left. And, and you say that a look at the Bible a look at Jesus' life um, really uh, confirms or affirms that the community is kind of written across the Bible. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Jesus, looking at his life, he was always in community. I mean, he, I mean, he did take time away by himself to go pray, which that's you know something I write about in the book is having this holistic faith. The book is not just about church; it's about how church is a a important and foundational part of our faith as a whole. We also have our own personal relationships with God, as Jesus did. Um, but when you read the Bible, uh, these stories of Jesus, what's he doing? He's walking around with people all the time. <laughs> he's always with people. Like he's got his core group of people, but wherever he goes, people gather and being with people and teaching them and worshiping with them um, was a definitely a core component of the life of Jesus. So if we're seeking to live out life as him, like according to the way of Jesus, um, that would be to surround ourselves with other believers. And there's just no two ways about it. Read the Bible, you'll see it. And those people were not great all the time, obviously. I mean, he's like, was criticized for hanging out with people that weren't so nice to Christians or that weren't the kind of people necessarily that you know, you should hang out with. Um, well, that's kind of a different topic. But anyway, my point is, though, that 
he was always surrounded by believers. And that is something to consider when we're thinking about how we want to live our lives as believers. Well, you, you write something uh, interesting that um, going to church increases generosity, volunteerism, and civility. You came upon this uh, through your research. Can you talk about that, how you discovered those things are part of somehow linked to church? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the generosity thing, I've written about this a lot, even other places, um, is crazy. When you look at the numbers in terms of who gives in this country, like where does philanthropy come from? What are people giving to? You will find that those who are regular church attenders, and this actually also goes, I want to say this goes for all faiths. Um, If you are a um, religious attender, but of course in America, like the vast majority of people, if you're religious, you are Christian. Um, the rates of how much you're giving (laughs) are so much higher. I don't have the number in my head, but it's like a lot. (laughs) And so what you see is that not that I think people that don't go to church are like, I'm going to keep all my money and I'm selfish, but going to church just puts you in proximity to the needs around you. Um, It reminds you that you're not living here in this life for yourself. And there's just something about that. I think that God moves people's hearts to to provide for those around them. And it's not just because a lot of times you'll see feedback. Oh, well, they're just giving money to the church. And that's not true. Yes, we're we're giving money to the church. Like, yes, tithing is something that Christians do. But what you'll find is that Christians actually give just as much in terms of like the percentage more to secular causes, like say the American Cancer Society or something like that, as they do as they do to church. So like they're still beating the secular people that don't go to church in terms of generosity to secular causes. Mm. Um, And then you just go back to where did child welfare come from? Where did philanthropy come from? Where did healthcare come from? (laughs) Where did feeding the homeless and hungry come from? It came from Christians that were part of a local church. Like all that is, almost all that is good (laughs) in the world, you can trace it back to Christianity. Well, Eric, our time's going very quickly, but I did want to ask that uh, in in your book, Reason to Return, you uh, encourage women, perhaps, to uh, return to a a different kind of church expression, maybe different or new than what they previously uh, had experienced before. Any way to, would you have any advice to women for finding uh, maybe a new church home? Yeah, I mean, one of the the tagline for this book initially was the church of your past doesn't have to be the church of your future. I think people grow up in denominations or they grow up in certain churches or certain traditions, and that wasn't a good experience, or they look back and they're like, that's not something I want to go back to. And and so they don't go back to Mm. anything without recognizing that there are just so many ways to be a Christian. I mean, there obviously there's the foundational tenets of, you know, belief that we have to have, but Um, There are so many different kinds of churches and various denominations and different ways of doing it um, that I encourage people to step out of their comfort zone and try something different. Like if you went to a mega church, go to a small church. Um, If you were a Baptist and you didn't like that, like, why don't you try going to a Wesleyan church or something like that? Um, Because it's different wherever you go. And there's no you know, there's no rule against trying a different expression of faith that maybe works better for you. Um, and I have some stories about that in the book of people that that actually did step out and do that. And they're good, the, the good that they found in that 
Um, and then also just recognizing that church, again, it does not have to look like a building, you know, all the time. It can meet in a coffee shop or a house. Um, I, I ultimately do think that like, it's best to be a part of sort of a, a church that is, you know, more, what's I'm trying to say, um, where they have elders and things like that, that are sort of keeping tabs on the church. You want that accountability of keeping a church biblical. Um, but you don't have to start there if you're not comfortable. And so I just say, open your mind and free yourself from the pressure of something that you have to do and be willing to step into something and let God lead you without feeling like you have to know exactly what you're doing before you do it. Um, one thing else I wanted to mention that I didn't say yet is that, you know, there's a lot of bad news about the church in the United States and people leaving and all of that. But um, like we have to remember that the United States is like not that big and actually Christianity is growing like crazy in Africa and Asia right now. It is on fire. And so I think we have to have a global perspective because it's so much bigger than us here. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Erica Anderson, author of Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Matt Martens with thoughts on reforming the criminal justice system. What we have to do as fallen people in a fallen world is do the best we reasonably can, take all reasonable means. I think in, in certain respects, we are not using all reasonably available means to achieve accurate verdicts. That's tomorrow at the same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.